Welcome back, everybody, to Minding Her Magic. We are on episode five today, and we are going to be talking about what a financial advisor slash planner is, and do we need one? Very excited to talk about this topic, especially with Leah, because I do know that she used a financial advisor in the past, and curious to hear her thoughts and give my opinions. But first, Leah, I know we have had a long weekend due to Indigenous People Day and Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, so would love to hear what you've been doing with all of your time. Thanks. Great question. <laughs> I would say during my time, I have been obviously spending time with Nicaroni and our family and friends. You all already know that I love the people close to me very dear and near. So we celebrated my grandma's 79th birthday, taught some yoga, and then also got to spend time with my adorable nephews that love me so much and I love them so much. So overall, good vibes, good time. Wish we had more four-day weekends. Uh, Holly, how was your long weekend? What have you been up to? Um, well, your weekend sounds so fun. Um, tell Nicaroni hi and love that you're celebrating your family. Um, my weekend, let's see, Friday we went to Frightmares, so went to like a haunted house. Saturday, I went to Knocked Loose, which is one of my favorite bands. Spent more money than I should have on merch, but I'm happy, so it's fine. You know, relationship with money. You got to treat yourself sometimes. <laughs> um, and then yesterday, we went on a little morning date up uh, a canyon. We went to Snow Basin. It's a ski resort here in Utah. And we saw all of the fall colors, the leaves changing. We got coffee and rode the gondola up. It was really fun. That sounds adorable and very sweet. I... It was. Peyton planned all of it and it was just like, just the little things, you know, nothing crazy, but it was, it was really cute. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. I really do. I could talk about our weekends forever, but I know we <laughs> We do want to talk about financial planning, well, financial advisors, financial planning, all that jazz, as you mentioned before. So let's kick it off. So what's a financial advisor? Because real talk, I had no idea what one was. I know Holly and I chatted about this a lot, just financial advisors, financial planners, so a financial advisor is a professional who is paid to offer financial advice to clients. Just as you would hire an architect to create a plan for your home, you hire a financial advisor to create a plan for your finances. And that is the definition from Forbes. So we're definitely going to get deeper into that. But before we do, I know, Holly, there's financial advisors and financial planners so would love to hear from you, what is the difference? What is a financial planner? Yeah, um, this is something that I did not know. I didn't know there was a difference. To me, they sound the same. So, you know, you know, as we've been going through this series, you know that I don't have a solid background in finances, didn't grow up with family who taught me anything about it. So it was very, it was very interesting to see that there was a difference. So a financial planner assists with creating and coordinating 
comprehensive financial plans, while a financial advice uh, advisor can offer advice on investing money wisely with those plans. Um, financial planners may sell commission-based products like life insurance, and they do require a license from their state regulatory agency. Another big difference is, I guess not big, but another difference is an advisor is paid by a management fee, um, meaning percentage of assets held for the client, and a planner is paid by fee, by two ways, by fee only, which is an hourly rate or an annual fixed retainer, um, or they are paid commission-wise, and that is payments from companies whose products they recommended. So those are the difference. Um, Leah, did you know that when you, did you use a, now that you know that definition, did you use a financial advisor or did you use a financial planner? <laughs> First, full transparency. I did not know that at all. I, at the time, was under the impression that I used a financial advisor, but after hearing your definition on the difference of a financial advisor versus a financial planner, I feel that I used a financial planner because they, one, did appear more commission-based, and also they did sell me a life insurance product. So for those listening, and I think this is a good story to tell, when I graduated from getting my master's, I had a friend that had another friend that was becoming a financial advisor, quote unquote, financial planner. And they were telling their friends how important it was to take a percentage of your paycheck, put it into a financial plan so you can have strong investments for your retirement and just be set up for retirement and living post you working. So I, to help out my friend's friend, because I am a sucker and one of those people, I did invest $200 at the time per paycheck. No, it was once a month. So once, yeah, it was once a month. And at the time it was a lot for me. I still think for some people that that is a lot and that's totally fine. And it would go into this account. That account was supposed to produce a certain amount of money where I could eventually take that money out for a down payment on my house or whenever I have a child for them to go to college, et cetera. Personally, my financial advisor changed over time. So I was working with my friend's friend, let's call him Bob. Bob no longer was with the company. And then I got Bob's boss. And Bob's boss was such a character and just car salesman. I ugh, I didn't like it. So long story short, I've used one. I don't like it. Not for me. Just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for someone else. I'm just speaking my experience. But Holly, have you ever used a financial planner or advisor? Have you had any experience with them being car salesy like? Um, so I have never used a financial, a fi well, a financial advisor or planner. I have strong opinions on them. And it is that the, the vibe that I've got from talking with one, never used it, talked, is very call, car salesman-like. Um, when I was doing more research on this topic, a lot of things that I was seeing was that people felt that 
they were, they sold you on what they offered. They made you feel like you were their number one, all of that good stuff. And then as soon as you bought in on it and you started utilizing them, you were put on the back burner. And to me, that's so wrong. That's my money. I worked very hard to get that money. I'm paying you to manage my money. And then you treat me like that. Yeah, no, thank you. So I, you know, some of these fees, they could be anywhere from 120 to $150 an hour. And on the low end, these sessions, these meetings can take five hours, five hours, five hour, five plus hours. So you're, you know, that's a thousand plus dollars that you're giving this person. And then to just kind of forget about you is wrong. So I personally will never use a financial advisor slash planner. Um, I think it's something I can educate myself on. And I have that, that motivation and that self-discipline to do it. So I have been looking at courses or classes or different tools that I can do that some of these financial advisors slash planners use. I obviously am not going to be licensed because it's just going to be my money, but that's my opinion on it. Again, just my opinion. I get that it could work for other people, but not for me for right now anyways. And I think that's okay. I, Holly and I's perspective is, as you all know, these are our opinions, our thoughts to her point. It may not work for everyone, but that's just our experience. We're just here to share information and you can do what you want with the information. I'll say this. A lot of times I thought you had to wait until you had a significant amount of money to have a financial advisor slash planner but that's not even the case you know to holly's point i love that holly you're taking advantage of the fact that you want to educate yourself on understanding money better investing it planning it better for yourself but those who are looking for financial advisors in particular they can be used for several different reasons so Based on Investopedia, we saw that there are several services financial advisors do offer. So they offer investment advising. So they can offer advice on investments that fit your style, goals, risk tolerance, developing and adapting to investing strategy as needed. They can help with debt management. So how you can help pay your debt, avoid debt in the future, budget assistance, so tips and strategies to create budgets that help you meet your goals in the short term and long term, college savings preparation, retirement planning. So that was what I mentioned that I leveraged them for. You can also use them for estate planning. So if you want to make sure certain people or organizations receive your legacy after you pass or die, creating a plan to carry out your wishes, they can help with long-term healthcare and insurance assistance. So what are the best long-term solutions and insurance options that fit your budget? And then they also can help with tax planning. So helping you prepare with tax returns, maximize tax deductions so you can get the most out of the system. I think it's a lot of options that they can help you with. But Holly, you brought up a good point earlier on how 
you have been taking some classes to help you just financially plan and how to invest your your money and what to do with your money exactly. I'm curious in the the classes and everything that you've been experiencing, what has been your main focus? Are you looking at retirement planning? Have you been thinking more of debt management, investment advising? Definitely curious to see how you've been handling it based on what you've been doing. Yeah, um, it's a little bit of all of it, honestly. Where I'm newer to really trying to become financially free, um, and you know, you sometimes I feel like I'm late on the journey, but it's never too late. We always talk about that. Um, I really focus on retirement, um, learning more about 401ks, and that's something that we're going to talk about next week, so it won't get too too deep into that, but learning more about um, 401ks, cash management, budgeting, debt management, um, being able to, when I do have kids, make sure they're set up for success. Um, those have been some of my top ones that I've been focusing on. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a strategic plan. I control it, and that's what I like most about it. I like that, okay, if I need to change something, I don't, you know, I can do it. Uh, without having to necessarily talk to my financial planner slash advisor or you know what I mean I get I get to do that so those are some of the focus areas that I've been doing um, over the last six months it is newer for me so I'm still learning but it so far has been worth it I love that and I also just really appreciate the honesty on how you are learning something new and getting familiar with a skill set that you and I have chatted about this as well that we didn't necessarily grow up with, but we're trying to be better and do better uh, as well. And yeah, I think that's really big key. I'm curious, do you have, so for instance, when talking about financial advising and planning and educating yourself, I know from my friends, and sometimes with a lot of women in particular, it can be hard to understand and know exactly what to do with your money because some people may not feel as confident to say, I can take a course and do these things. So maybe I do want to leverage a financial advisor or financial planner. I'm curious, Holly, do you have any friends that that either leverage either of these or have you had any conversations with people where... They go, oh, for instance, one of my really good girlfriends, she always tells me when she has a lot of money, she's going to get a financial advisor to help with her money. And I, my response is always, you, you can start that now. You don't need a financial advisor just yet. You know, you can start small, but do you have any friends that use financial advisors or financial planners? Currently, no. In the past, I have, um... I have known someone whose family used a financial planner slash advisor. Thinking back, I can't remember the whole conversation. It was years ago because I sat in on the whole discussion. Um, and they had quite a bit of money. But I think that's also a misconception is that you have to have a ton of money and a ton of assets to leverage a financial advisor slash planner. I think some people need maybe have a hard time holding themselves accountable. So having somebody 
to hold them accountable is a good reason why people might use a financial advisor or planner. Um, so I, again, I don't think you need a million dollars in assets or whatnot to use one. I think you just have to find someone who understands your situation and is actually going to be invested in helping you achieve your goals. So I will put a couple of um, the free courses that I took in our notes. And I think that's a good start. For me, it's a good start. Understanding what I can do. And there might be things that I'm okay, the tax portion, I just have no idea. And maybe that's where I would use a financial advisor. Um, so I will add that to our follow-up notes in the episode, but yeah, I haven't had too much experience, Leah, minus yours. And then this other person, um, not, not too much experience with either a financial planner or advisor. Listen, and that is okay because another thing I was to Holly's point, I've had experience with a financial advisor slash planner, right? And one, another key point that didn't mention, but we'll mention now is there are different types of financial advisors slash planners. I'll group them both in this category as there is a traditional one where you can meet the person in person. So for me, from a financial planner perspective, I had a traditional in-person financial planner. So Someone that has the official, a certified CFP indicates that they're a provider that has gone through just rigorous formal training and and testing. So I did have that, but there are also robo advisors. So this robo advisor, it's automation that has automation that has enabled traditional firms like Vanguard and Fidelity, as well as online only companies such as Betterment Wealthfront to substantially lower the price of portfolio management. And these companies can also be ideal if you need investment management, not just holistic financial planning. So robo-advisors, and this is all according to NerdWallet, will build and manage portfolio of low-cost investments suited to your financial goal for a small fee. Many top choices charge 0.25% of less of your account balance. The investment mix is determined by a computer algorithm. We love the word AI and is automatically adjusted when needed. At the basic account level, you can start investing with $100 or even less. The low cost, easy entry nature of a robo advisor to Holly's point reduces the barriers to working towards your financial goals. And this is important because avoiding the market can sometimes starve your retirement. You can start with a robo-advisor and then add a human advisor later on if needed. So to Holly's point, you don't need a bunch of money to necessarily get started. And I haven't looked into a robo-advisor for financial planning ever, for financial planning before. But that is also something if people don't trust themselves or feel comfortable with spending, then this is like a really great alternative to leverage too. But yeah, I Holly, Holly would love to hear your thoughts on that. Have you ever heard of a robo-advisor? I feel that is very 2020. 
<laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I have never heard of that, but would honestly be interested to learn more about it. Yeah, I I don't know how you feel, Holly, but I, because we work in tech, AI is such a buzzword and automation is such a buzzword. So I'm curious to learn more about it too. We will definitely, to Holly's point, share resources and notes in just the follow-up show notes. But also, I think, Holly, we should test it out. Because, I mean, it does cost a small amount. I think we should test it out to see how the robo-advising works. And if it actually yeah. Pay off. Honestly, I would be down just to see, do we see any results from it? Give feedback because that's that's what we want. We want to make financial education more accessible, especially for women. Um, and if we can help guide people in the right direction, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. The guidance is key. And another way we can guide women and people in the right direction as well is getting them to ask the right questions when they are looking to whether go the financial advisor or financial planner route, some of those questions goes back to Holly's key point. One, and this is according to NerdWallet as well, is how do you get paid? What are, you know, your all-in costs? Acts, yeah. What are your qualifications? I know, Holly, you've set, sat in some of those meetings you mentioned mm-hmm. with people you knew in the past. Were there any questions that you you heard or that you looking back, you would have been, Oh, I should have asked that question or someone should have asked that question when talking to a financial advisor. Yeah. I think for me is this wasn't asked in the meeting um, is how will our relationship work? I love transparency. So understanding that we check in every month. Okay, cool. My expectation is that every month we reconnect to see how things are going. Whereas if I, if we don't, set that expectation and have that transparent communication, then I may be thinking that every week we need to chat about what's going on. And that could be, you know, just that unreasonable. So understanding that, and, you know, it sounds very, very uh, high level, but I think that's an important question to ask someone that's managing your money, (laughs) your assets. So um, I, I think that's an important question to ask. Um, especially with someone who is new to the whole financial advisor relationship. Yeah. I, I like those questions, especially the meeting in person and just trying to figure out their overall approach and philosophy. Another question I think is good to ask is what investment benchmarks do you use? So some managers will say they use a straw man benchmark, and this is according to NerdWallet once again. So for example, if the advisor says, my goal is to beat the standard and poor 500, but if that advisor is investing in a diversified portfolio beyond simply large cap US companies, that benchmark is a mismatch. So over time, they should beat the standard in pours 500 because they are taking more, taking on more risk. And for those who are like, Leah, what is standard in pours 500? That is 
a really great question. The S&P Standard & Poor 500 is a stock market index that is viewed as a measure of how well the stock market is performing overall. It includes around 500 of the largest U.S. companies. I know it's a mouthful, but yeah. it's key to understand this. And to Holly's point, it's key to do your research on it because people will make things seem more difficult and harder to understand than they are. And if you aren't understanding what someone is saying, to Holly's point, to Mai's point, ask clarifying questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you have a relationship like that, I think the questions are endless. You can't ask too many, to be on, to be honest. Agreed. Holly, curious, what do you think stops people from asking questions when looking into a financial advisor and planner? I know a lot of people have heard the terms, have heard in general, oh, I use a financial advisor, oh, I use a financial planner, but why do you think women or just people in general are scared to ask more questions when it comes to using one or asking more questions, even if they're meeting in front of the person themselves? Oh, I think it's intimidation um, and afraid to sound quote unquote dumb. Um, and I've, I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as a dumb question, especially if I'm obviously utilizing this financial advisor because I know nothing about what I should be doing to hit my financial goal. So don't make me feel dumb. Um, so I think that's a big reason, especially for women. It's intimidating when you, you don't really know what, what you're doing or some of these words you're talking about, an S&P 500 or whatnot. Those are words that are not part of our everyday vocab. <laughs> so um, for me, that's my opinion as to why I think it stops people from progressing with using a financial advisor planner um, and the misconception that you have to have a lot of money, but they also could have opinions like I have of, I just, it just doesn't make sense for me to have somebody else manage it at the moment. What about you? Why do you think people may be a little hesitant to ask questions or utilize a financial planner or advisor? I agree. I think people are afraid of looking dumb and people are afraid of assuming that I should know this because I'm a quote unquote adult. I should know this because I've been working a certain amount of time. I should know what S&P stands for Standard & Poor's 500 stock market because I've heard the terminology thrown around so many times. And because I've heard it so many times, it's too late for me to ask what it is. And it's not too late. I think the best ways to learn is to ask. And if you don't ask, you don't know because then you you just assume things that are incorrect. And it, when it comes to your money and being more financially literate and educated, you you need to ask questions. I think for me, when I first met my financial planner, what was that, almost 10 years ago, I had my mom with me and she asked questions the best way she knew how and she was there to help support me. 
But looking back at it, I should have done more research and asked additional questions as well because it's my money. And I didn't tell this part of the story. I'll share it now. The reason why I broke off that relationship with my financial planner was because when it was time for me to buy property, I did the math based on the money that I've been investing in this account and based on the conversations I had with my financial planner. And I realized the money that I was expecting to be there for me to withdraw to help with my house deposit or down payment for my house wasn't there. So the math wasn't mathing and I missed the ball in a lot of ways. I wasn't connecting with my financial planner all the time. I wasn't staying on top of my account. I just thought if I put the money in there and I did exactly what he said, that this money would be here when I needed it and it wasn't. And to be honest, I kicked myself in the face for that because I was really hard on myself and I was just like, where's my money? But yeah, Holly, to your point, long-winded way of saying, I agree with you. I felt dumb asking questions at the time and now I'm asking questions about those things and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is. You know, we, we don't know, we don't know. And asking questions help, helps us understand. Thanks for sharing that story, Leah. I think that helps like, it makes it a safe space. Yeah. That's what we want this to be too. And with that said, I know Holly, we chatted a lot in terms of questions to ask and the difference between financial advisors versus planners. So what would be the three key takeaways you would have for someone listening today that after they heard all about financial advisors versus plannings, should they either immediately go and do or, or think about after listening to this episode? Yeah, I think number one is sitting down and having a real conversation with yourself, um, understanding what a financial advisor or planner can do for you and what are your your financial goals. You may be able to achieve your one year to three year goals by yourself without having to pay somebody to do that. Um, and then two, I think, what questions would you ask this financial advisor slash planner? Make sure you have those. They're not all going to be the same. Everybody's different. Your goals are different. Um, so, you know, make sure the questions you're asking are matching what you want to achieve financially with your goals. Um, and three is do your research. Don't just, I, I'm guilty of this. I will find the first business, for instance, getting new gutters at my house. First business that popped up, I called them. I didn't do any research. I just want it done. Do your research on financial planners and advisors. Are there ones that your friends or family or, you know, coworkers have used that they recommend that they can suggest? Um, and do digging before you decide if it's something that you want to use or if it's something that's going to benefit your financial goals and help you achieve them. And maybe it's going to be a self thing. You're going to be able to achieve it by yourself. And that's awesome if so. But those are my three key takeaways or, you know, when you're trying to level set with yourself on if it's something you should do, reassess those things and go from there. What would be yours, Leah? All of those. 
Mine would be be vulnerable. It is okay, as Holly and I mentioned, that if you heard a certain terminology or you've heard about this before, but if you are not understanding something, it is okay to be vulnerable and it is okay to phrase it in a way that, hey, I know you may have repeated this a few times. I'm going to have a vulnerable moment. I need you to explain this in a way where I am understanding it. And if you're still not understanding it after that person's explained it to you, so this ties into one another, being vulnerable, it's okay to go to someone else. I think when you meet with financial advisors, planners, you feel that, Holly mentioned this earlier, you spent all this time with them. You may have spent hours with them and you feel that you should dedicate or allocate your money leveraging the service they're offering. No, if you were not understanding with that, if you don't feel understood by them, if you don't feel heard, if you feel the connection isn't there, it is okay to pick up and go to someone else. It is your money. You do not need to be dealing with that nonsense. So be vulnerable, be okay with stepping away, especially if someone is not explaining in the way that you need and if you don't feel that connection too. And then I think the last thing is tying in with Holly, just really reallocating or emphasizing doing your research. Holly, I am guilty as well. When sometimes I do research, I will pick the first thing that I find, whether that is, I don't know, a draw, whether it's that, it's anything I'm looking for at the moment. Just do your research, do some deep digging. Also have conversations with your friends too. Sometimes you don't know your friends are doing these things. And if they are, just ask them. And if you also have a friend that is not trying to be open and honest with you or is gatekeeping, find another friend, find another friend, find another community. But I think this is great, Holly. I'm glad we chatted about this because it's definitely, I know I'm walking away with some, some new learnings. Oh yeah, I love your takeaways too, being vulnerable. That's so important. I think we forget that a lot. So thank you, Leah. That that's a good thing to remember. Um but yeah, I'm glad too. It was a it's a breath of fresh air hearing that we're in the same spot. We're in this together. We're all learning. So if there are any people out there that have used a financial planner or advisor and have had a good experience and they're helping them achieve their goals, please share with us because we would love to learn more again just because our opinions are different right now doesn't mean they can't change as we continue to grow that said we just want to thank you all once again for tuning in listening to this episode about financial advising financial planning we look forward to continuing this series on finances next week we are going to be chatting about 401ks yes retirement yes financial planning. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I know. Listen, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. We're going to learn a lot, but thank you all so much again. As Holly mentioned, please follow us. Don't forget to give us feedback, ask questions, let us know what you're using. And thank you again for joining and just supporting us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram 
and TikTok, and as always, open to feedback. So let us know if there are any additional financial topics you like to hear this season. And thank you, everyone. Hope you have a great week. Yeah, thank, thank you. Bye.